The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Hello, Orange County. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. Broadcasting underground music and talk for the University of California, Irvine campus since 1969. Why don't you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter? The URLs are facebook.com slash KUCIFM and twitter.com slash KUCIFM. All right, baby. My darling, I... Can't get enough of your love, baby. I don't know, I don't know why. I can't get enough of your love, baby. Hey, you're listening to Get the Funk Out. Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, this morning's show, I have Casey Fisher, who's calling in from Florida. And she is a world-ranked tower runner, competitive runner, personal trainer. She does so many unbelievable things. And I read about Casey in the OC Register. And she's going to st- share some incredible stories with you. She's just incredibly motivated. She doesn't let anything stop her. And it is my pleasure to welcome Casey Fisher to the show. Hey, Casey. Yes. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for calling in. Sunny Florida. <laughs> That's cool. Actually, it's raining right now. Oh, it is? It's, you're, you're, having, you're having one of those like 10-minute crazy storms, and then it clears up and it's sunny. You know, I'm getting used to Florida, but there's um, a huge hurricane that should be coming near us. That's right. I think right. it just stayed south of Jacksonville. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> are, are you outside right now? I am. Are you skating? I'm not skating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not skating today. Oh, you're not. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it, Casey. <laughs> I mean, you know, m- most of my radio interviews, so I, ha- I was doing while I was skating. So you're lucky I'm not breathing heavy on the phone. <laughs> you're like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so funny. So I want to tell people a little bit about you. You're world ranked tower runner, competitive runner, personal trainer, cycle instructor, Boston Marathon finisher, CrossFit coach, fitness model, strength and conditioning coach, fitness lead, making instructional fitness videos, fastest woman and person to inline skate across America. Casey, do you ever <laughs> have tired. any downtime? I know, you must be tired. Wow. And I love your, your, uh, your feeling is you just don't give up and... Uh, you, you tell me, tell, let me back up. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. How did you, how did you get to where you are right now? Uh, um, which part? Which? Well, let's see. I, you know, how did you get to, you know, be such, you know, so focused on fitness? You know, I think I've, I've always been an athlete. Ever since I was little, my mom um, always, we always were in gymnastics. We always did soccer. We were always trying new sports. Mm-hmm. And um, I was never pressured uh, by my parents at all to be an athlete or to train and work. You know, they weren't on the track with stopwatches like a lot of parents are. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's the most important thing is both of my parents were so supportive of me, and they still are. That's great. But no matter what, it was always positive. And if I ever had a bad race, a bad game, they were there. I was still the best. I was still... You know, they always had the best things to say. So I think that allowed me to enjoy sports for me instead of because my parents put a pressure on me, too. Nice. Well, that's, that's the same with a lot of things. You hear stories of kids that are pushed into something. They want to do it on their own sometimes. Exactly. And it can take away some of the love and the hard work that you have to put into sports. That's right. Unbelievable. You just, uh, <laughs> so your whole backstory is you, you just got into it. For your own sake, your own your own drive. Now, 
When were you in a funk? Because you had some personal stuff going on. I, it was about 2005. I was going into my uh, junior year of college at Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. And San Luis Obispo, if you don't know where that is, it's the happiest place on earth. I heard my cousin went there. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, I was, I, you know, I used to tell the story and say that I was in the best shape of my life. And I was at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going in, I was running track. I was doing hurdles, triple jump. I was just starting to have tackle on. And I went on a run really easy one afternoon and I woke up on the ground. And it took me about an hour and a half what? to walk home. And it was about a mile and a half away. And that was the first time I experienced heart failure. Oh my gosh. And that. It became almost um, about a two-year battle of trying to figure out what it was, why it was happening, and I'd like to say that's my funk. That was the start of my funk. I'll say. Wow. And so you had no idea. Now, did you have heart disease in the family? No. No. Actually, it's still, some of it is still undetermined as to why exactly I was having it. Mm -hmm. I was seeing specialist after specialist, and... Um, all of them had a different conclusion of what they thought it was, but every single one of them said, there's nothing we can do. Uh, we're sorry, but, you know, your heart's just going to fail. Oh, how encouraging. And it, oh. and it was almost like they were saying, you just have to accept it. This, uh-huh. is, this, is, this is what happens sometimes to elite athletes. And they, it, it was almost matter of fact. This is what happens. You need to accept that. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And I don't think no, it's your personality it, to accept it. You do not need to accept that, and that is where I feel like I'm on this mission now to tell people you don't need to accept what is told to you Mm -hmm. by anybody. Right. Good for you. Good for you. What a drive you have. Well, you know, I didn't have that all the time, though, and, you know, I've always been happy. I've always been a happy kid, always could see the benefit and the good and everything, but during this funk, it it really was one of the darkest and the loneliest times ever in my life mm. and there was nothing I could think of that, that there's a benefit because of this you know I was never like right. oh maybe this will happen it, everything was just negative for me at that time and I can honestly say you know I was depressed and I felt like it was hard for me to be around other people thinking like you're so healthy look at you you're healthy what are you complaining about get out there be active right you know go do something so how, yeah, so Casey, sorry. no, no, how did you pull yourself out of this dark time? You know, I don't, I, I think I was sick of it. I didn't like that feeling of being angry and being upset. And mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't me. And I finally one day said, this is not me. What are you doing, Casey? And um, I changed it. You know, like I, I, I changed my approach. Okay, stop complaining and worrying that you can't run anymore. Because mm-hmm. I ended up developing compartment syndrome. And I couldn't walk for a couple months. Okay, back up and, a sec. Back up a second. What is that exactly? Um, it's you have several compartments that run through your legs that that house uh, muscles, tissues, nerves, blood vessels. And when your muscle expands, everyone says when they work out, it goes back down. Mm-hmm. Well, mine keeps expanding, so it cuts off the circulation. It cuts off the blood flow oh. through your extremities. And it can be fatal a lot. Sometimes it's worse, you know, when it gets really bad, it has to amputate your legs. Oh, my um, gosh. But every doctor just says, just stop everything. Just stop working out. Stop running. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I saw a whole nother round of specialists for that that all said, you're done. You're not a runner anymore. Get over it. Oh, and that's not you, though. <laughs> you can, it's not like, okay, yeah, I'll just sit around and do nothing. I don't think it, so. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, you don't want to run anyways mm-hmm. or... And I was 21 at the time. I was 21, maybe 22. And... So young. Way too young. Right. And that's when I started swimming. That's when I said, I finally decided, I don't like this feeling. Instead of complaining about all the things I cannot do, focus on what I can do. Good. And that's where I started swimming. And I I hate swimming. To this day, I hate (laughs) swimming. And I tell everybody, it doesn't matter if you hate it. If you need to do it, go do it. And the thing is, I love running and I love being active. So again, this morning I went swimming. I swam a half mile this morning and I do, I do the things that I can do. And I guess I'm, 
try to learn how to love them. Well, the thing about swimming is it's non-impact, and it's yeah. so much better for you. Now, do you swim really fast, or do you just take it easy? Like, you know, you uh, do your own I pace. do both. I do intervals. So, mm-hmm. you know, I swim some slow ones, I pull, I kick, and then I do intervals in the pool. That's great. That's great. Yeah, you gotta kind of have... You don't want to hate fitness. You want to you want to put fitness in your life so it's something that you love doing, and mm-hmm. you have to switch it up because it gets boring. Exactly. And if you hate one thing, that's fine. There's thirty other fitness activities you could be doing. That's right. Instead, so. Except I don't where, really. I don't really. My, that's how my life kind of expanded into tower running, well, races up buildings, and skating. Okay, now that's why I was interrupting. But tower running, <laughs> I don't know. Tell me about tower running. <laughs> It's the hardest thing you can ever do to yourself, (laughs) ever. (laughs) It's a race up a stairwell to the top of a building. So they do it in skyscrapers, and they have a couple in L.A. Okay. And um, one of the buildings is 63 stories, one is 75. I think there's a 50-story race in December in L.A., but they're all over the country. They're all over the world, actually. And um, you literally enter a small doorway mm-hmm. and you enter this ugly stuffy stairwell and you just race to the top as hard as you can you oh. I and, would, um, when i was little <laughs> when i was little i remember going up the statue of liberty we could go almost to the torch and i remember mm-hmm. it got smaller and smaller and smaller and we were just exhausted and little kids you know running i can't even imagine being an adult and doing this i mean when did you start getting into tower running i was training a half marathon running club Mm-hmm. And I said, and I was training them on a stairwell at the beach. Okay. And I said, you know, I love stairs. They're, they're all complaining. And I said, well, you know, I love stairs. We should make a stair race here. Started researching it, and I found uh, the Empire State Building online. And that's the world now, as a competitive tower runner, I know that's the world championships of tower running, of tower climbing. And I didn't know that. I just thought it was a typical race. So okay. I emailed them, the mm-hmm. New York Roadrunners, and I said, how do I get in this race? I can't register. And, uh, you know, they kind of emailed me back like I was, <laughs> they said, you can't register. This is an invite-only world championship race. So I emailed them back. No, I won in this race. This, this is what I can do. <laughs> and I was on the starting line of that race. That was my first race ever in a stair climb. And I went out like Superman. I went out sprinting up the stairs as fast as I could. <laughs> my legs were done at floor 20. Ugh. And I ended up tearing, tearing the lining of my lung at floor 50. <sighs> and it's an 86-story race. <gasps> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> since then, I've learned, how to, I've learned how to pace myself. But that was not... Oh, my gosh, Casey. That was an extreme introduction to the, to the world of tower running. So what happened? You, you tore, you said your lung... Yeah, the lining of my lung. My lung, your lungs expand so much when you're when you're racing so yeah. hard. Yes, because you never have a recovery. It's just running up, oh. running up, up, up. They say it's, it's like running a marathon uphill, a vertical marathon. So it's putting all that work and all that intensity into 15 minutes. Whoa! And it so your heart rate is over 200 the whole time. You know, you're just sprinting, and I also. You know, this is my first race. I raced it wrong. I went out way too fast. Mm-hmm. You didn't pace yourself. <laughs> but I tore the lining of my lung. My lungs expanded so much. And, you know, your ribs only go, let, it, let the lungs go so far. And um, I tore the lining, and I couldn't. I actually couldn't get out of bed for about six months after that. Well, let me, let me back up, though. We'll get to that. But did you, <laughs> could you not finish the race? Did you have to stop at that floor? No, I finished. Of course, I, uh, of course you did. I, of, course, of course I finished. <laughs> the only way I know what happened at the top is they had a video um, on their website of me collapsing at the finish line. Oh, my gosh, Casey. <laughs> Throwing up oh. blood. <laughs> oh. I, don't, I don't mean to be telling you how insane I am also. <laughs> I tend to do things a little on the extreme side, okay? Let me just tell people who just tuned in, they're wondering, who is this and what are we listening to? I'm your host, Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. We're joined by Casey Fisher, who's a tower runner, competitive runner, personal trainer. She does some amazing things. Casey, you are just unbelievable. I like to, you know, I'm healthy now. I just like to to say that I am healthy. My Uh heart is healthy. My body is healthy. I am still... um, I still have compartment syndrome, and I'm actually not running at all uh, for the next couple weeks. 
just to heal them again. That's good. But I think where I pick all these big goals is because I am healthy Mm -hmm. and I want to take advantage of it. Sure, sure. Sometimes I, you know, can be a little extreme by saying, you know, I, I... I can skate, I can inland skate 50 miles. Maybe I can skate across the country. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was a big jump. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think that's what keeps me going, and then I'll change it. You know, I'm not going to skate across the country next year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, have a different goal and try to work towards that and achieve that and then move on to the next. So, so let me back up. I read about you in the Orange County Register. How did that come about? You decided you were going to, you woke up one day and said, you know, I think I'll skate across the country. I mean, how did that How'd you come up with that idea? Uh, it was another challenge. It, was, it seemed hard. Mm-hmm. It seemed it seemed hard, but it seemed but I knew it was possible. Okay. And I think that's what intrigued me. I love I love things that seem impossible, that no one thinks you can do, and then actually conquering it, actually doing it. Like that makes me feel. So, it makes everything else that seems so hard and frustrating in life seem yes. so easy. Yes. So yeah. I like putting in that hard, hard work to mm-hmm. make everything else seem easy and fun. Right, right. If that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. And it sounds like you really love setting these goals and accomplishing them and experiencing them. And because you are healthy now, so you want to just live life to the fullest. Exactly. And, yeah. I, you know, that's where now I can say I'm lucky I went through that at yeah. 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Now I can say that. And I can see that. And your heart's okay now? It is, yes. I'm very healthy the only thing that is that I have now that I I will have um, forever is the compartment syndrome, mm-hmm. and that that's the only thing that keeps me from some things. But at the same time, I'm able to skate and I'm able to swim, so that's what I'm focusing on now. That's amazing. That is just <laughs> amazing. Now, tell me something. How what is it like? Are you training almost seven days a week? You know, how, what are you what are you doing to be able to do all this? <laughs> I am listening to my body. I am trying to be a better athlete, a smarter athlete, and I, I say that I, I have to repeat that to myself because yes. if I didn't, I would be training, you know, 10 days a week, 13 right. times a week. So I have to, uh, I, I probably work out at least five or six days a week. And how, how many hours a day? That depends. Sometimes it's 30 minutes and it's just past and intense, and right. sometimes it's three hours. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. And do you beat yourself up if it's only 30 minutes? Oh, yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's where um, CrossFit does, does touch a lot on. And it's not just CrossFit. It's a lot of just intensity, just putting a lot of, putting, you know, an hour's worth of work, mm-hmm. jam it into 10, 15, 20 minutes. And that's where, you know, we're learning that our body is getting the most benefit from it. Interesting. I know, because sometimes I only have, you know, 30 minutes, so I get in the pool. I don't swim, I'm sure, as vigorous as you do, but, but I do a lot of, like, aerobic stuff, and I'll swim, and I'll change it up, and I run, and I, uh, I hurt my back years ago, and you and I had talked uh, over the weekend how you have to listen to your body. I, I wasn't. Yeah. I had sciatica, and uh, I just pushed it and pushed it and kept running, and then I herniated my back, and you have to have to listen to what your body's saying to you. Yes, you have to. Yeah. But... um especially with your back, you know, so many back injuries, you have to, the thing that people don't want to do is, oh, my back hurts, I'm not going to use it. Right. But then it's just going to get weaker. And then, you know, I know you're super active now. Right. And you've been active and you're strengthening it, but that's what you need to do. Your back, you hurt your back, you need to work your back. That's right. And that's what. (laughs) Yeah. But swimming, if you have 15, 20 minutes, you know, you Go as hard as you can down one way and then slow cruise back. Hard as you can and you'll get as much work working as you could if you had an hour and a half. I love swimming because it is, you know, like low impact, no impact, and it's um, it's a whole body thing, you know. The whole body workout. Yeah. And again, I hate it. <laughs> so I hate swimming, but I still go. You know, I'm going to try to go every day, every day for the next couple weeks because I can't run. And instead yeah. of... <laughs> Are, but are you working up for a road race? Are I'm you... always training. Okay. I'm, you know, a lot of races I find out about the day before, two days before, you know, maybe a week ahead of time. So I always have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. I always, and, and 
I always have to study, and I have an inline skate race actually um, September fifteenth in in Minnesota. And you also so, you also have something else coming up. Did you want to share that? <laughs> well, a couple of days after my big inline marathon that I'm so focused on, I'm getting married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is, yeah. your, is your I'm getting married in, and I'm getting married in Idaho. Are you skating there? <laughs> You're flying. <laughs> no, we're we're actually getting on a plane and we're cheating. We're traveling fast. I can just see you skating in though with your fiance. <laughs> I know. Is I'm t- I'm so blessed to have him. Now, tell me something. Is he as active as you are? Oh yes, he's working out right now. He is very active. He's very healthy. He's very um conscious of nutrition and so it I think that's very that's what has helped me so much skating across the country right is not only his support because he actually really put most of our event together he he, um, took time off of work and he came with me the whole time he helped manage all of our sponsors he did the whole route nice and he had to deal with me emotionally every day that's a toughie (laughs) Skating 15 hours, 10 to 15 hours every day, and deal with me coming every, you know, a couple of days, feeling like I'm like, crying, oh <laughs> falling God. apart. He deserves a medal. <laughs> he really does, really. Because he, he's the reason I was able to keep going. You know, he every day, you can do this. You're what strong, you can do this. this yeah. is, you know, and even the other day when I my compartment syndrome flared up, I had him right there. Focus on what's positive. Focus on... The things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Get really good at yoga. You know, you, I need, everybody needs that. Everyone needs someone reminding them. You do. You do. To stay focused and positive. And he's dealing with this different kind of emotion because most women are not doing what you're doing. You no. Know? And so he, he's able to really, he's your coach, you know, he's your fiance, mm-hmm. probably your best friend, maybe, I'm assuming. He uh, is. You know, and uh, he's, that's great. That's really great because you need that kind of support. Especially having me go to Duluth, Minnesota for an inline marathon days before our wedding. <laughs> he's very, he's, and he's coming with me. Oh, he is. He's coming with me because um, we actually are living in Florida right now and starting a business called Speedy Banana. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell me about that? Yes. It's speaking, this of is... ra- speaking of random stories. Yeah, I love this story. Go ahead. I was inline skating because we were trying to break a couple of Guinness World Records, and one of them was longest distance traveled on inline skates. So I'm skating, you know, I'm over 27, 2,800 miles in, skating in Florida, 60 miles every day, oh and I got stuck in a cyclone, which I'm learning on the East Coast. It's the same thing as a hurricane. It just spins the other direction. Oh. <laughs> Not a good thing to be skating in. And um, so I'm skating on the street. The storm hits me. I can't even see. The rain is pounding so hard. Wait, wait. So time, go, excuse me. I have I to interrupt. Turned, wait, hold on. Pardon? Were you, how many people were skating with you, Casey? I was the only person skating. In a cyclone, all by yourself. Well, okay. I was, I was the only person skating. My sister was with me on a bicycle, on a road bike. Oh, my gosh. And so we both were stuck in the storm, and we turned down uh, a driveway just a random driveway and just to hide underneath the porch mm-hmm. ended up meeting some of the best people, super positive, uh, very successful in their own industry. And they're starting up a business called Speedy Banana. And it is fitness-based, fitness-related. We're going to be, I, I can go on and on about this. We're going to have fitness clothing and our logo is actually a banana running. <laughs> And that's the exact feeling that we want to have. You laughing and smiling. We want fitness, yeah. fun, and just we want to make a whole um, campaign. Campaign yeah. saying get you know get fit and have fun doing it. I love it. So that is it, so fun. Long story short, I left, I took my skates off and we moved to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're moving we moved to Florida and we've been working on this uh, business and we're bringing it to Duluth, Minnesota to introduce. You know, some of our shirts, we're going to be having hats and shirts and gear and water bottles. And, awesome. And um, we want to be at races taking photographs. Look at that. Um, 
I mean, you, you know, if someone had said to you, yeah, you're going to go through the storm and you're going to end up on somebody's doorstep and then it's just going to have to be, happen to be a person that's starting this business that's so totally in line with you, what you want to do. I mean, you'd be like, yeah, sure. It's everything that I've been working towards almost my whole life. Mm. Incredible. So I'm, you know, I'm fortunate that I was able to um, get stuck in the rain. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say. Unbelievable. Now, now you also told me you you're uh, you're into training and coaching. How did that come about? I actually started coaching when I was in high school. Oh. When I was in high school, I was being coached by one of the top triple jump coaches in the country. And uh, just because he happened to like our small town in Washington State, mm-hmm. and he couldn't coach our high school because he was an Olympic track coach, okay. so he would coach me. And then I would go to the to my high school team and coach them what I had learned. Look at that! So that that's how I was introduced to the coaching, kind of um, by accident. Mm-hmm. And then I just I loved it. I love um, I love watching people succeed and reaching goals. I think that's the biggest reason I'm a personal trainer. I can see that. You know what? I always I always feel like everybody wants to be better. They want to be stronger. They want to feel better about themselves. Whatever your goal is, if it's to be faster for a race, if it's to look good at your daughter's wedding, whatever it is, you you know, people have goals. That's right. And I, and I kind of felt like maybe they just don't know how to get there. Right. And I'll just help them get there. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, that's, that's how I got involved with it. And I'm just very, very passionate about it. That's great. Casey, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more about, you know, your proudest moment. I want to hear about your mantra, if you have one. I do. All right. All right. So hang tight, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with Casey Fisher. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. We'll be back in just a few minutes, and this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the management of KUCI or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show, go to KUCI.org. Mike check, one, two, big poser coming to you fake yeah. ever. Got no more games since nah. I got with the juice. Uh-uh. No cruising with my friends, they cut me loose. Now my coach is hating, parents keep berating. Good thing my team's still behind me saying, Hey yo, what happened to my teammates, man? Yo, where y'all at, man? Come on, man. I thought we were family. Ugh, don't be a poser. Hear more at don'tbeanasterisk.com. Brought to you by Ad Council and the U.S. Olympic Committee. Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this could be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. This foreclosure prevention message is brought to you by Navajo Partnership for Housing, NeighborWorks, and the Ad Council. If your walls could talk, what would they say? 
I have held four generations of photographs. I display ten cuckoo clocks, all set to the wrong time. I have had dishes thrown at me. I have been drawn on, cleaned, drawn on, cleaned, drawn on. I have caused the gradual decline of a child's IQ. I have given a four-year-old a speech impediment. I am the reason a first grader constantly yells out. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over one million children. If your home was built before 1978, your family could be at risk. Let's make all kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LED. I am the root of a child's violent behavior. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and we are back with Casey Fisher. Hi, Casey. Hello. So what's a typical day like for you? Is there a typical day? I don't think I have typical days. I don't think any days are, are any alike either, though. Um, I usually wake up pretty early, and mm-hmm. I try to work out first thing, just in case anything else comes up during the day. So I either swim or run first thing in the morning. And then I get to work. I am. We are working nonstop right now, so we can launch our new website, the Speedy Banana. Nice, nice. And we are working. So I think I work nonstop, but I'm also at the beach in in Jacksonville, Florida. So, um, you know, around noon, sometimes we get out, we go on a walk on the beach, or we run on the beach. Beautiful. That's so great. So you pretty much work out solo in the morning, and then you might do something with your fiance and work in between, and that's great. Yeah, I do a lot. I, I do work out a lot on my own, hard, but I just started doing Bikram yoga. So um, that, that's that's the one where you're really sweating a lot. It's yeah, like a sauna. Yeah, about 105 degrees feels like 130, Whew. and uh, mm. it's a 90 minutes of yoga, of just intense yoga. So I am um, because I cannot run right now. Right, right. You're so saying I'm, I'm just focusing on swimming skating, and yoga. Let me ask you this, if you wouldn't mind talking about this. It's not so personal, but what, what do you eat to train, you know, every morning? Let's, do you eat breakfast right away and then you work out? And what's, what's your diet like? Depends on how intense my workout's going to be. If it's a quick workout, I usually, I usually just do that first before I eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's going to be a longer workout, I eat something, eat oatmeal. I am gluten-free, so I don't eat any wheat, um, rye, or barley. And try to stick, try to balance my food by having fat, protein, and, and uh, carbs in every meal. Okay. And just, I try to stick to plain, regular food. And kind of my rule is, if you, if you know how to make it or how it's grown, mm-hmm. you can eat it. Yes. And yes. if you don't know what it is or how to make it, don't, don't eat it at all. I agree. I don't like processed food. I like real food. Yes. I agree. And do you have celiac? Because I know that I eat a lot of gluten-free because I want to, and my daughter's been eating gluten-free because she needs to. You know, about two years ago, my digestive system shut down. Mm-hmm. And um, just from different medications that I had to be taking over the last couple of years. Okay. And uh, so I, I stopped eating gluten because of that. So not just because of celiac, because my stomach was, the lining was inflamed. Right, right. And I didn't think I needed to stop eating flour at all. Mm-hmm. But three months after I stopped, I felt like a new person. I felt like my stomach, you yes. know that part of your stomach that everybody has? Yes, just, yes. But right by the belly button? Right. That was like gone. I felt like my stomach was flatter and I felt, um, I felt more awake during the day. Right. So I don't know if I have celiac disease, but I do know that I feel like, I feel horrible when I, when I do eat it, and I feel a lot better when I don't. So that, that's kind of my test. <laughs> no, I agree. There are a lot of people that don't have celiac, but they cut out gluten because it makes them feel better. And I also mentioned them. I read that you do lose a lot of weight around your middle. You do. It, it, you know, it causes inflammation. Mm-hmm. It, um, most, of the, most of the wheat, food with wheat and flour in it, is processed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very different if you really look at all the foods that you cannot eat. You probably shouldn't be eating them anyways. Right. No, you're right. So, you're right. So it's kind of an easy decision, especially after you, you realize how much better you feel being off of it. Oh, I agree. And I kind of did it in solidarity with my daughter because she needed to go gluten-free. Um, she was having a lot of issues 
with her stomach. And, uh, you know, I, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. It, it isn't. It, it is if you're if you talk to the public. Right. And if you, if you, <laughs> you know, if you go out in public and it, it is kind of a big deal, but yeah. it really isn't hard. If you actually start doing it, it it's really interesting um, seeing all the foods that you can't eat. Right. Um, but they're all packaged and pro- most of them are pro- processed and you, you really shouldn't be eating them no matter what. That's true. It is hard to go out to restaurants. It is. It mm-hmm. is hard. There's stuff that. It's just you, you have to pick and choose your restaurants, you know. I don't love eating at restaurants anyway, so. Well, and you can get creative, though. You know, you can you can say, can you make this and yes. steam that, you know, just order things that aren't on the menu. Because every, every restaurant has lettuce. That's right. You yeah. know, instead of, fry, instead of deep frying that fresh, can you bake it? Or can you, you know, ask them to cook it a different way? Sure, sure. Can you, can you grill it instead and just put it on... So a lot of times I have to make my own make meal at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's well, okay though. Yeah, right. And well, being in Florida, do you, now do you eat a lot of fish? I don't. We don't okay. eat out. We don't eat out too much. Yeah. But um, I feel like I'm, I'm a chicken. A chicken is like almost every day. Chicken and eggs. Mm-hmm. Love I like protein. my staple foods. That's good. It's good. You know what you're eating, and you feel good, and that's how it mm-hmm. goes. Especially when you're training. You know, I always say to family members if they'll say well you want to go out to eat and if I have something going on the next day the answer is no you know I, I want to know what I'm eating yeah you, know? you you really do and I and I notice a difference right. I feel really sick if I don't eat the right food if I eat too much grease or butter I really don't feel good and that's the number one thing is just listening and seeing what makes your body feel better what makes your body feel worse and right. avoiding those things right let me ask you this, because you're a very positive person. How do you think you're able to remain so positive? I don't like the feeling that I have when, I'm, when it's negative. Mm-hmm. I think it's as simple as that. It's as simple as seeing and feeling um, what happens to you when you're thinking about all these negative things and you're focusing on negative things and then just deciding not to focus on them or deciding to change it. That's great. Because... You know, I, like I keep mentioning, because, it, you know, this is kind of new to me, is I, the compartment syndrome is flared up again. And I thought this was gone in 2006. And I, so I've gone almost, you know, six, little over six years without having this. And I was focused on my new goal was I'm going to do a 100-mile road race, and I'm going to be a runner, and I'm gonna, I, I found a team to sponsor me to run bad water and I'm going to train for it. This is my goal. And I was so focused and I just started getting my mileage up and I'm so positive, so focused. And less than a week ago, I couldn't walk for about three or four days because my compartment syndrome came back so bad. And within hours, I had to change my entire plan, my entire goal, my entire outlook. And, you know, that, that was horrible. It sucked. And so immediately it was like, you know, negative, but then I'm able to say, okay, stop. This isn't going to be, this isn't what I'm doing. Yeah. So change it. Instead of dwelling and focusing on all these things I can't do. No, you can't run this hundred mile race. You can't run that. You can't, I can't even run a 10 mile race right now. Um, so I immediately changed it. Now I'm focused on the things that I can do. So I think. Getting on it right away instead of letting it fester and letting it get worse. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's really incredible how you're able to immediately address it, deal with it. You have a solution and go on. It's not like it goes on for a day or two. No, I went to, I just went to the store uh, yesterday and I bought a new pair of goggles and I'm in the pool again. Mm. And I think that's the thing is just figuring it out. And that's what my mom has always taught. My mom is the toughest person I know. She is the, the strongest person that I know out there. And, you know, she just says, okay, what's next? Move on. Okay, figure it out. Okay, yes, this is what's happening. This, you know, this medication makes you bloat. This medication puts this weight on, whatever. Figure it out. So would you, you know? say that's where you get your drive from? Um, I, I think I do. I yeah. get that from my mom and I get my... Uh, kind of adventure side from my dad <laughs> my dad my dad is fearless that's he amazing 
fearless, and he tries everything, and he works his, his butt off. So I, I get, my parents are, they've been married for over 30 years. That's great. And, but they're the most opposite people you can find, and I'm exactly like both of them. <laughs> That's so funny. That's great, though. Yes. Uh, I, I like to think I'm lucky because of it. <laughs> now, are they athletic as well? You know, my mom did not grow up as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And my dad did. My dad was a superstar athlete, and um, my mom was never out of shape. She, you know, she could run a couple miles here and there, but she never did sports. So she's not competitive at all, but my dad's very competitive, and that was growing up. Now my dad does, you know, he swims maybe a couple times a week, yeah. and my mom works out at least once, twice a day, and Good she is super fit. Good for her. What does she do? She swim. She does Pilates. She she does Pilates. She runs. She does a boot camp, a TRX class, and you know, because she, she says, you know, I'm getting older. I don't like this. Change it. And she just, you know, she signed up for this boot camp. That's oh, great. I, you know, this this is happening with my thyroid. I'm going to take this, and you know, she just changes it. She doesn't sit on any excuse or reason why she doesn't. She's not reaching the goals that she wants. Give me a rough idea of her age. I don't know if she's listening and she minds, but... <laughs> she's 29. She's 29, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's a little over 50. Look at that. And that's why, you know, as a personal trainer, I'm, I'm here to take everyone's excuses away. Nice. But the one thing I can't address, uh, relate to people is age. You know, because it's very easy for people to say, well, you don't know. You're only 27. Mm-hmm. When you're 50, this happens to you. When you're 40, you know, you just gain weight. So I'm able to use my mom as an example to say, sure. look at my mom. She is hotter than anybody, <laughs> hotter than any 20-year-old, and she works her butt off for it. I hope she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So tell yeah. me, tell me um, some lessons you've learned, some advice you might give for people that are in a funk. In a funk? Um, write down your goals. I think that's, that really, really helped me when I was getting out of the funk because I have all these ideas and I'm thinking, you know, I've always wanted to do that. I, oh, it'd be nice to do that. And it's very easy to say that. Very easy for people to say, oh, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Oh, I've always, but not do it. Right. And I think when you write it down, when you actually see it, it's a lot easier to go after it because now it's a written down goal. Yes. And especially if you tell people what your goal is and you tell your friends or your family, I want to run a 5K, then it's almost like, you know, it's a revamped goal. It's a goal on steroids, and now you have to do it because people know about it. They're going to call you on it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to call that going? you on it, and now you, you've kind of called yourself out and said, this is what I'm going to do. So mm-hmm. whenever I make a new goal, I tell everybody, even when I'm not sure if I can really do it. That's and, a good thing And then to it's do. almost like... Well, I guess I have to do it now. Right. And, and so that really helped me is because when I wasn't mentally strong enough on my own mm-hmm. in the beginning to, to feel like I could do these things, I, I'd tell someone else or I'd write it down and, um, That's so and then I'd smart. make it happen. That is so smart because you, you do get called on it. You know, you, you do have to make it happen once you start talking about it and telling everybody because they'll be like, hey, how's that race going? How's that training going? Mm-hmm. You know. And it, it changes for yourself, too, I think, mentally, when you when you actually decide that you're going to do something. And that's, that's another big one that Adam, my fiancé, says all the time. If you're going to say it, do it. You know, make a habit of doing what you, what you say. Yes, yes. And, you know, don't say, I'm going to run a marathon and just don't do it. Right. You know, do whatever you can to get that goal. And then you train yourself to achieve what, you're, what you set out to do. That is so true. Tell me, I didn't even ask you, tell me what it was like you're skating across the United States. Oh, yes, that old thing. That old thing, yeah. <laughs> that was, I don't know if that's hard, if that was harder mentally or physically. And uh, I've actually, you, you said, did you just wake up one day and decide to skate? I, yeah. I actually um, prepared for that for about two years. Over two years, mm-hmm. I planned and prepared to do that, skate across the country. And um, honestly, I, I could have taken another two years to plan it. There's, there's so much. Um, 
that goes into it. Yeah. How did you do that? I mean, who went with you, and how did that happen? Well, lucky me, I had Kevin Crossman. He is a top-in-the-world tower runner. Also, Mm -hmm. I met him through tower climbing. Mm -hmm. And he lives in Seattle. Lucky him. He trains in the buildings right there. And um, I saw him at a couple races, you know, because our team, we travel all over the country. And I said, Kevin... You need to skate across the country with me. You could totally do it. Mm. You know, because you have to. You're mentally strong if you're a tower runner. And so I kind of talked to him over the year. Yes. And, um, anyways, I had him. He ended up coming with me, and and he skated a little bit, but he rode his road bike for most of it. All right. And he was on the road next to me the whole time. Oh, the good. entire time. Kevin was next to me, kind of like a whole another set of eyes, nice. watching for cars. He was, he was in charge of our route. He knew exactly where we were going every turn. Mm. And if you think of, you know, 27, 2,800 miles across the country, we couldn't go on major highways for most of it. Right. So it was half a mile on this road, turn right, turn left here, you know, all the way across the country. Oh, how long did it and, take you? How long did it take this whole journey? Uh, it took us 47 days and 23 hours and 34 minutes. <laughs> and any big mishaps or everything pretty much went there smoothly? There were tons of mishaps. Uh, let's hear it. There were tons of mishaps. Um, but some of the other people that came was Blair Atwell. He's a professional skater from Orange County. Mm-hmm. He he was with us for three weeks up to El Paso. Nice. Um, my fiance was with us the whole time. And we had Heather LG. We had a photographer that was shooting a documentary the whole way. Amazing. And my sister joined us, but anyway, we had a whole different, we had a whole crew going with us. I love it. Um, mishaps, every police officer that drove by us had to stop and just wonder what the heck we were doing. <laughs> so um, most of them were very friendly and very encouraging okay. of us and, you know, wished us luck. And even in Baton Rouge, they he called his backup, and they escorted us through town. Oh, I love it. And, and it was great, but um, our bus broke down. We had a 40-foot support bus that we slept in, and it was also, you know, it would drive ahead 5, 10 miles so we mm-hmm. could have water and food. Nice. Um, it broke down twice, and oh. so we had to skate without support for a couple weeks. Oh, my gosh. And um, we just had to carry every Ke- – Kevin – Really did a lot of this work. I can't say enough praise about him. He, um, you know, had extra water bottles on him. He had mm-hmm. food. We had to carry everything. And what an experience! And you all, you had this uh, all documented on video. Yes, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Unbelievable. And, uh, so you're gonna do it again? <laughs> I'll do it when the next person beats me. <laughs> nice. I'm already preparing. I'm already preparing for that person that that beats our time and. I'm for sure going to help them beat me, and then I'm going to try to beat them back. So I love it. I love it. You're going to be like 85 years old skating across the United States. <laughs> you, I, I, I do it. You are. The, the only reason I even attempted to break the record for fastest mm-hmm. crossing of America is because the current record holder, Danny Daniels, um, he, lives, he lives in Texas. He did it in 69, 67 days. He contacted me and said, hey, I heard you're going to skate across the country. I want you to beat my record. Here's how to do it. Oh, he told you. And he told me, he helped me with my route. He helped me with, you know, he gave me as much advice as he could. And because of that, I was like, okay, I'll I'll try to break that record. Beautiful. Beautiful. And otherwise I would never, I would have just skated. I wouldn't have tried to beat any record. You are unbelievable. Casey, do you have a mantra that you live by? I have a couple. It depends on what workout I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> one, one that I always say is love the hill. Love, love the hill. And that can be applied to so many aspects of life because hills are hard. Yes. You know, no one likes them. Right. And if you keep telling yourself you love it, you love it, you love it, you love it, you end up seeing a hill and you're excited. Ah. And you're like, oh, my God, I, lo- I love the hill. I've been saying this for weeks. And... Uh, so I tell all my clients, say that to yourself over and over again. And it started as me training my clients, telling them that. Okay. Whenever we'd run hills, I would make them say it. Love the hill, love the hill. And then I found myself in my own race where I was about ready to 
just be done and give up. And then a, and then a hill came, a giant hill. <sighs> and I just started laughing. I just started laughing. And I was like, well, I can't yell at them and tell them to love the hill and not love it myself. Exactly. And I just powered up the hill. And ever, I don't know, ever since then, it is, I, that's just one of my phrases I say. Well, it makes you stronger. I mean, this whole thing is, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I love this hill. I love this hill, and you can apply it to anything. You can apply it to whatever you are not good at and force yourself to be better at it. That's right. That's right. You know, instead of saying, I can't do flip turns in the pool and just not doing a flip turn, you know, take five minutes and figure it out. Just say, "I, I don't know how to do a flip turn yet. And... Figure it out. Great advice. Great advice. Casey, if people want more information about you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at speedybanana.com okay. or livegiveskate.org. Livegiveskate.org. Yes, that's, that's um, the nonprofit that my fiancé and I started when we skated across the country. Beautiful. Casey, thank you so much for coming on the show, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And I can just imagine you coming out with a book. This is, you are incredible. I've got a lot of stories. You do, you do. Anything, what's coming up next for you? Well, other than my marathon and my wedding. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have my next race planned, but I I think I have a half marathon in December. Oh, you do? Wow. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to shoot for it. Thank you. Good, And congratulations on your upcoming wedding. Thank you very much. That's great. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Best of luck to you. Okay. Take care. I'm Janine. You'll be listening to Get the Funk Out. That was Casey Fisher. And up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everybody. You're listening to... K-C-I... 88.9 FM. Irvine. 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 KUCI talk music and more. This is Anthony Hopkins with an important message about cancer prevention and treatment. Did you know that the right foods can help prevent this frightening disease? New studies show that fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and other high fiber vegetarian foods reduce the risk of certain cancers, and they may even improve survival. Visit Cancer Project. Org or call 866-906-WELL. Brought to you by the Cancer Project, a non-profit organization advancing cancer prevention and survival.